we'd like to thank Notre Dame Federal Credit Union for helping to underwrite the Building Through Him podcast. In the last year alone, Notre Dame FCU served more than 800 parishes, schools, and nonprofits in more than 25 dioceses nationwide. Learn more at NotreDameFCU.com. Hello, welcome to the Building Through Him podcast. I'm Mary Jo Parrish, and this episode is a recording from our Kingdom Builder Conference featuring Heather Kim. Heather is a co-host of the Abiding Together podcast, and they offer connection and encouragement for followers of Jesus who are seeking passion and purpose. Heather and her husband are the founders of Life Restoration, which helps people become fully alive and experience freedom and restoration in Jesus. Welcome, Heather Kim. Well, good afternoon. I'm excited to be with you. I come from just outside of Vancouver, British Columbia, up in Canada. So I flew here with my daughter, Eva, yesterday. And it's the first time that I've been in a place without masks for about two years. So it is so beautiful to see your faces. You're so lovely. I just want you to know. Looking around and seeing people's smiling faces and talking and sharing and being together has been very rejuvenating for me. I hope it is for you too. So I want to share with you just a little bit of uh, my background. So I grew up Catholic. I grew up in a Catholic home. I went to church on Sunday. It wasn't very exciting for me for a good portion of my childhood until I had this very powerful experience of God when I went to a conference when I was 14 years old. And that changed my entire life. It wasn't that things got perfect, and it wasn't that I was completely sold out for God at that point. I still struggled to figure it out living in the world. But God came into my life in such a powerful way that I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was real and that he saw me. And up until that point, I just felt like a nobody that nobody would notice until one day God let me know in a really powerful and personal way that he noticed and that he saw me. And that really changed the course of my life. And when I graduated from high school, I joined a ministry team. We traveled around doing evangelization. Then I went to Franciscan University. I met my husband. So I'm Canadian, but I ended up living in the States for about 10 years. Wonderful, met a lot of amazing people. And then finally, we got home to Canada. Thanks be to God. I love your country. But um, I also love being near my family. (laughs) So you know how that is. So anyway, when we moved back, my husband was doing his master's degree in counseling. And we lived with my parents at that time. So have any of you ever done that where you kind of left the nest and then you came back as an adult? It's weird, right? It's a little bit weird. Take some adjustment. And my husband was living with my family, also weird for him. He's from the Tennessee, Alabama area. My parents are Scottish. It was super weird for him. It was just like a totally different world. So one day he was at university. We had our first child, little Maria, who was about 18 months old and she was sleeping in her crib. And he was gone all day until late that night. And you know when it's dark outside and you come into a house and it's full of light, and your eyes are adjusting. And then the baby started crying upstairs. So he ran upstairs to see Maria and went back from the light into a dark room. When he went into the room, he noticed that I was already there over the crib. 
So he comes up behind me and he's rubbing my back, looking at our little girl who we can't really see because it's dark in the room. And then I turn to leave and he's standing there still with Maria and the door opens and he could see a silhouette which caused him to pause because he was like, that silhouette looks much shorter than Heather. And he realized it was my mother that he was standing beside, giving her a loving little back rub. And all that went through his mind was, did I go for the butt pat? I'm not sure. I was actually laying in bed reading and Within moments, Jake comes in white as a ghost (laughs) saying, I just gave your mom a back rub and may have touched her butt. I'm not quite sure what just happened. (laughs) And I did what any good wife would do and I laughed hysterically. (laughs) It's funny, you know, the light in the dark. And Dr. Mary Healy referred to the darkness that is around us. And I had this same sense. It's funny, half the time that Dr. Mary Healy was speaking, I was like, she's giving my talk right now, you know? And at the same, I I wasn't mad actually. I was thinking, Lord, it's so funny how you like to confirm things. When you want to say something, you start talking to various people about it. Because he's been talking to me about the darkness too. It seems that it is difficult in the world right now to see to see what the truth is, to see where God is, to see and understand what we're supposed to do. It seems like a lot of us, whether you're Christian or not Christian, feel a bit lost right now. The darkness has been so thick and it's made up of a lot of different things. We have war, we have famine, we have this COVID pandemic, which just will not end that seems like it's gonna end and then doesn't end. We have political unrest. We have racism issues that have been going on for a long time and continue to cause division. There's so many different things that I think as we pile them on top of each other, it just feels like a thick darkness that is laying over all of us. And it's hard to know what to do and how to see in the dark. And I was telling you this little story about the light in the dark. And I was like, it's funny because a lot of us are fumbling around in the dark. Doing things that we don't even know what we're doing. But Jesus is the light of the world. This is who he tells us that he is. It's one of his names. He's the light of the world. And the scripture says, darkness is not dark for him. And I love that because as a kid, I was always scared of the dark. Any other people scared of the dark in here or used to be? The darkness is not dark for him because he is the light of the world. And now more than ever, we need to move close to the light of the world. In fact, we need to embrace the light of the world. And this light of the world is actually living inside of us. And the deeper that we come to an awareness of Jesus, the light of the world, who is burning inside of us, the more that we will be able to be, one, comforted by his light, and two, empowered by his light to be a light to others. It's so important, in my opinion right now, that we get back to the basics. The most basic things that are the most important things, so simple yet difficult to live. 
And that is intimacy and union with Jesus. Dr. Mary Healy did a beautiful job of bringing us back to the beginning. It's one of my favorite things to do. If you've ever heard my podcast, Abiding Together, I'm always talking about the garden. I'm always talking about, let's go back to Adam and Eve. Let's look at what happened in the garden because it's all about the garden. It's all about the big story because the big story is mirrored in our lives in smaller ways. We all have been made in the image and likeness of God. It's who we are. His image is stamped in our very being. So as God is a communion of life and love, a communion of persons, he has made us for communion. That's why your heart burns for union. It does. It burns for union with God. That's why we ache so much to be filled because there's only one who can fill it, the one who is endless. And it's because we were made in his image. We were made to be in union with him and we were made to be in union with one another forever in all eternity. So when the enemy comes in and he starts creating division, it's just so easy to see right now what he's up to. He's all about striking at the heart of the matter, which is what we were made for, which is union. So it's important, in my opinion, that we go back to the basics. When it's hard to see and the darkness is coming in, and things feel unsteady under our feet, it's important to go back to the beginning, to look at where our foundations are. So I just built a house. Two years ago, we moved in, just right before the pandemic hit, we moved in, and my parents built a house with us, so our houses are attached to each other. So it was actually perfect timing, yay Lord, that we got in there together because we all just kind of hunkered down together at the beginning. But building a house is quite a process. Any of you who have been through it, you should get a, a little sticker because you made it and you survived. So it's a hard process, but it's also an exciting process. I love house design. I love fixer-upper. I love all the things. And so this opportunity was a huge gift to build a home that I hope will be a forever home for my kids and my grandkids and my everyone, the legacy to come. When we were making decisions about the house, you go through the fun part, the architecture stuff, and you get to choose where the rooms will be, and that's really exciting. And then it gets kind of not exciting because you have to start choosing certain materials, and it's kind of boring, and I didn't really like that part. But I realize now that those beginning stages and the decisions that we made were some of the most important decisions for everything else that went on top of it, primarily the foundation. We specifically put more money into the foundation than anything else. So it's called ICF, it's insulated concrete blocks, forms. And what that does is it insulates the house, it creates a very strong foundation, and it buffers not just sound, but everything else from coming into the house. And so this went up and it was a big long process and it cost a lot of money and you're wondering, should I even have done that? I don't know. I kind of like these other things better that I can see that look really pretty. But meanwhile, this thing is getting buried you know, <laughs> underneath all of these other like wood and walls and drywall and all of that. And I can't even see it anymore. So several months ago, the house is built. We're in it. I love it. It's awesome. I love every room of the house. It's just an incredible gift. And one night, I'm fast asleep, and the, the alarm started beeping because the power went out. And so it kind of woke up my husband, just a little beep of the alarm. And he got up and kind of hit the alarm, turned it off, and he happened to glance outside, 
And outside, our hanging lantern was sideways because the wind was blowing so hard. And the rain was pelting down and it was coming down like torrential rainstorm was happening. And the neighbors had headlamps on. He could see these little lights around because something had happened to their house in this storm. My friend the next morning that I talked to said, oh my gosh, I thought my windows were going to blow in. Like it was crazy, this storm. You know where I was? I was fast asleep. I was fast asleep and didn't hear a thing because my house had a solid foundation. My house was built so securely that it didn't matter that a storm was outside. I was fast asleep. And I went downstairs a couple days later, and in the building of our home, something that we did was we buried, you know, miraculous medals and saint medals, like, all over the place. But we also wrote scriptures over a lot of the beams and the posts all through the house before the drywall went up. Our kids did it in their bedrooms. And downstairs in the basement on one of the posts, I walked downstairs, and it was this verse from Matthew 7, verse 25. It said, the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon that house, but it did not fall because it had been built on the rock. I was like, amen, look at this house. And the Lord was like, Heather, <laughs> look at this house. I was like, all right, <laughs> there's always a lesson, you know, here. And so actually I started thinking about that. When I read that scripture, I was like, the foundation this is so important, the foundation. We hear another storm that happens in the Bible. Jesus is in the boat, and you know where he is? Sleeping. In fact, it says he brought a pillow. He's sleeping on a pillow. I was like, he's not in a house insulated from a storm. He's actually out in the storm, but he's still sleeping. And why is that? Because underneath, within his heart, is a secure foundation. He is the secure foundation. You know what I'm saying? But he's in relationship with the Father. He's secure. And I, I've been thinking a lot about this. And I was like, you know, storms reveal how strong our foundations are. Regular storms. And, and a lot of you have probably been through some storms. And people in Louisiana, and there's been a lot of hurricanes, a lot of crazy things going on. It shows how strong foundations are. But I would say in a spiritual way, Storms of life also show how strong your foundation is. And we've been hit with a lot of storms. This darkness that we've been talking about a little bit today. There's been these storms that have been coming and doesn't it feel unrelenting? Like I kind of went, everybody was like, okay, 2020, like 2021, like it's gonna be a new year, like it's gonna be different. It kind of wasn't different, you know? It's like the next thing, maybe this will be different. It's like when my kids aren't, you know, not sleeping through the night, it'll be better, right? It's like, oh, it's something else, you know? When this happens, when this, we're always looking for the next thing that is going to bring peace so that we can like just get through the storm. And I think most of us end up white knuckling our way through a lot of life and a lot of storms. Instead of feeling the peace and the calm of resting on a steady foundation, if we want to be people who are building the kingdom of God, it has to first begin with us. If we want to invite people into relationship with Jesus, 
who is the lover of our souls, the savior of the world, we have to know personally that he loves our soul, that he's our savior, and that he is my foundation that I have built my whole house upon, my whole life upon. And I think the storms that have been going on, for many of us, it's exposing some cracks in our foundation. And the biggest, most important part of that is to look at it is to come to grips with it and to be honest about it. We have to go under the surface to look at what's going on under there. I have a friend and their parents have this beautiful office. It's like really nicely done, crown molding, the whole thing. It's so nice. And uh, my friend's mom looked down on the wall and saw like a bit of a watermark. And she was like, eh, I don't really want to deal with that. It's probably nothing. It's probably nothing. Just kind of avoided it. And then like a while later, her husband came in and just touched the watermark and his finger went right through the drywall. <laughs> and when he took off the dry, there was a massive leak behind the drywall. Like it was just like soaked behind there. It looked really nice on the outside. It looked put together. But under the surface, behind, behind, there was something going on that needed to be addressed. I think for some of us, what's been happening this last little while might be stirring some things up. For example, when Dr. Mary Healy was talking about unforgiveness, I was like, dang, that's me. But you know when I found that out? A week ago. It just hit me because of circumstances that have come up over and over again in the difficulty of this time that we're living in. The Lord showed me that I was harboring some unforgiveness against somebody because they kept triggering the heck out of me every time I saw them. And I was like, And then I realized, whoa, there's this whole like history that's coming up here that I didn't know was there. So sometimes the storms expose things that maybe we couldn't see before. Maybe we didn't even know. It wasn't even like voluntary that certain things were going on. So there can be a gift in some ways that comes with a storm because it can show us what needs to happen. I think for many of us in this process of the time that we've been going through, something that's been exposed is our desire for and our lack of control. We can't control the things that are happening. We can't. We try. Oh man, did I try at first to try to control the environment and the things that were going on. But I think we've all realized our fragility to a certain extent. And so there's something there that we have to address. For many of us, that is so unsettling, so rattling that we start grasping after it everywhere we can get it, or we start getting mad, or we start getting afraid. Those are just symptoms of something else that's going on underneath the surface. And Jesus wants to come and set us free from those things. We were just talking about it. Dr. Mary Healy is just talking about it. Why am I talking about it again? Well, I think the Lord wants to tell you something today. Why did she say something? And simultaneously last night, God is impressing the same thing on my heart to share with you. Because I think there's power in this room. I do. I think there's some mighty women in this room. I think there's some world changers in this room. And if you aren't willing to go under the surface and get strong under there, rooted, firm, like the scripture this morning says, rooted and grounded in love, then you cannot be the world changers that God is calling you to be. 
You can't call people into reconciliation and repentance and relationship with God if you aren't reconciling, repenting, and in deep relationship with God. You can't invite people into experiencing the healing and power and miracle working power of God if you aren't experiencing the miracle working power of God in your life. There's a facade that we can quickly fall into and not even realize it because we just know what to do and we know where to go and we go to church and we do the thing and we pray the rosary and we, we do our devotions and it's all good. It's important. It's so important. We might show up at our group. We share. It's like, how are you doing? Good. Yeah. But busy, but good. You know? <laughs> and under the surface, you're like, ha! You don't even know how to go there because you're just so like white knuckling it. Like, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so good. But under the surface, really, you might be feeling like, actually, if I was really honest, I'm not good. I'm hurting. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm frazzled. I'm freaking out. I'm doubting. Like, I'm really doubting. I'm really struggling with my faith. Like, I know I'm a leader of a group, but like, is this real? <laughs> These are scary places, but friends, like, we have to go there. We have to be willing to go there under the surface into all of these places. This is the human condition. We're in a world at war. The enemy is after you. He is on full assault of your identity, of who you are as a child of God, and he does not want you to grow close to God. It's his mission. His whole entire mission so when you experience hardship, when you experience doubt, temptation, interruptions, dissension, disunity, when you feel this desolation that is so deep that it feels like God is nowhere, when you have questions coming into your mind that, that caused you to question the heart of God and his goodness, and is he really good? Is he holding out on me? Is he ever going to answer my prayers? What is with you, God? This is the enemy at work. When you feel afraid, when you feel like the anxiety just well up inside of you so strong because you're so afraid that the other shoe is going to drop or something bad might happen, this is the enemy at work. So what do we do? What do we do? Over and over again, for myself, when I have these moments where I get afraid and I can... I can get afraid, like really afraid. The, the game changer for me has been the war that is happening in my mind. When the thoughts come in, it's like when the storm comes in, what is going to ground me in the truth? And that for me has been scripture every time. It might be scripture through songs, or scripture, just reading the scripture out loud. But this has been so key and has borne so much fruit for me, I can't not tell you about this because this is the greatest spiritual weapon that has been in my arsenal in the last few years that I've been experiencing. So I love Dr. Mary Healy's love of scripture and I love that she was talking about it. And I love that she was inviting you to get into the word because I could not agree more this is where we need to root and ground ourselves. This is God's word. It is true and it is good and it is beautiful. In a world today where we feel like we can't trust what anyone says, 
where we don't know the truth about anything. Is that not the big question? What's the truth? Should I get vaccinated? Should I not get vaccinated? Am I going to grow a lucky fin if I do? Am I going to be abandoned by my family, my community? I mean, I don't know what to do. What's true about the politicians? I mean, is he a good guy? I don't know. Is he? Or maybe, maybe him, maybe her. I don't know. The news, you turn it on. Is that story even true? I don't know. Is this abuse story true? Is it not true? I don't know what to believe. Do you? I don't know. But we're getting like a thousand news stories every second when we turn and flip through our phone. A thousand horrible things that are going on. A thousand scandals within the church, outside the church. Doesn't matter. Horrible things. Can I trust anyone? Is there anyone that's good? That's what I've said. I've talked to Sister Miriam and Michelle on the phone, my two great friends that I podcast with, and we all just go, is there anyone, anyone who's trying to faithfully live according to the laws of Jesus? Is there anyone? And I'm like, Heather, are you? It's the next question. Wait, oh, I like everyone better. <laughs> I, like, I like that scenario way better. No, but how about them? How about you? Ah, it's so important that as we look out, we see the hurt in the world and we want to be those who come to bring change in Jesus to the world that we don't stop looking within our own hearts. The second that that stops, a facade will start. It will. We have to constantly be going there, constantly being willing to repent, to fall down on our face before God, to say, God, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I doubted you. I'm so sorry that I've been like thinking that you aren't good. I just want to reject all of that. I want to come back to you. I just want to turn back to you again today. This is so important that we root ourselves in the truth. So today I want to read a few scriptures for you. And I want to give you one really strong practical thing to bring into your prayer time. And I want to teach you this because like I was saying, it's born a lot of personal fruit for me. And I think we need to be looking at what is bearing fruit in our life. Fruit that lasts and fruit that is like the fruits of the spirit. That's fragrant with the fruits of the spirit. What are you doing in your life that is fragrant with the fruits of the spirit? So right now, if your focus is on things that are not bearing the fruit of the Spirit in your heart and for the people around you, if you're not very fragrant with the fruits of the Spirit with what you're doing, I think it's a good time to probably pause what you're doing and just come back to Jesus and say, Lord, what is going on in my heart here that I'm not bearing the fruits of your Spirit? So if I'm in a situation and what's coming out is dissension and disunity and all of that, then that's not fruits of the Spirit. So what's going on? You know, let's invite Jesus back in there again. So here's some scriptures that I want to share with you. And if you have a pen, I want to encourage you to write them down. Not the whole thing, just the verse. I, I want you to get into your Bible yourself, so don't write down the whole verse. It's better if you get in there and look it up. So here's a practice that I read about. There's a pastor named Bill Johnson. He's the pastor of Bethel. It's a Protestant church, but I read his book called Strengthen Yourself in the Lord. And he said, one of the things that he does every morning is he takes out these note cards and on these note cards, he has written down all the things that God has said to him about who he is, like words of knowledge from the Lord that people have given to him. 
what God has taught him about who he is, his calling, his mission, who he is as a son of God. He, he's written them all down. And he said, every day I sit with these note cards in my prayer time and I read them. And I was like, whoa, I have a cup of coffee. The beginning of my day. <laughs> you know, like, what if I did something like that? Like, how would that change how I go through my day? Duh. Doesn't it make sense to start your day rooting yourself in a strong foundation? Oh my gosh. Yes, this is so important. You think about how crazy the world is out there? Oh my goodness, we need to arm ourselves with the truth of God, with the truth of Scripture, because we can't tell what's true out there. So, when I wonder, who am I? What does God think about me? This is what I want you to sit with. One of the questions you can write this down to for later pondering. What are the lies that I most often struggle with in my life? You struggle to not believe them, right? Because I know for me, there's some lies that I'm like, it feels really true. That's why it's a lie. I mean, he's the father of lies. Satan is, you know, he's good at it. It's a specialty. So what are the lies that I most often believe in my life? And what does God have to say about that? So let's say, for example, you have a lot of lies around your identity as a beloved daughter of God or son, father. <laughs> You're the one son in here. What if you have lies around that identity? Well, it's important to know what God says about your identity and to root yourself in the truth of God's word and his scripture and what he says. Because scripture has power. It is the living word of God. It's not just a book. It's not just a fairy tale. It's not like any other book, a Narnia book. It's not. It's God's word. So it has power. So if you struggle with any of those things, you want to get into the scriptures that talk about identity. If you struggle with God's love, you want to get into scriptures about love. If you struggle with God's mercy and shame, you want to get into scriptures about his love and his forgiveness and his mercy, which is new every morning and it never ends. So here's some that I would love for you to write down and to take into a prayer time. And I'm going to read them to you. So I want you to write down the scripture and then I also want you to listen. Listen with your heart that's been bombarded with lies, okay? Listen with that heart to the truth of what God says. Ephesians 2, verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of God's household. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 and 10. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. One of my personal favorites, Isaiah 43, verse 1 to 4. But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob. He formed you, O Israel. Fear not, 
for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flames shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. Romans 8, verse 14 to 17. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of sonship. When we cry, Abba, Father, it's the Spirit himself bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children than heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. John 15, 15, No longer do I call you servants, for the servants does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all you have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. God calls you his friend. <laughs> like, it's so awesome. Like, we've heard the messages sometimes, like, God is distant. He's far away. He doesn't care. He's a mean master up there, ready to smite you at every turn. But Scripture says that's not true. He calls you his friend. Ephesians 1, verse 4, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. 1 John 3, chapter 3, verse 3. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. There's many times that I'm struggling with something and I'll just Google it. I'm like, I'm struggling to trust scriptures about trust. And then I look them all up. Because I have to root myself in the truth. The lies are coming too strong, too many, too often. Even the ones that I don't perceive, it's so subtle. It's just happening all the time. So as much as that's happening, how much am I armoring myself with the truth of scripture? It's so vitally important we were talking earlier about 10 minutes a day to spend in prayer. Yes, and sit in scripture for a little while if you can. Set some time aside. And I would say there is power in reading scripture and it is power when you read it out loud. The scripture should be proclaimed. It is the word of God to be announced. So when I'm sitting in my little prayer room or I'm sitting in my bedroom, I try to wait till the kids are gone, right, Eva? So I don't freak them out, you know, you know? And then I just, I don't want to be weird, but <laughs> kind of am weird. And then I just have to read it out loud. I have to read the scripture out loud. I have to tell myself what is true. And I have to let the word of God seep in and transform me. Because that's what it has the power to do. It's not about what I'm doing. It's about what God's doing. It's just another way to fling wide the doors open to Jesus and what he wants to do in my life. 
what he wants to do in me and then through me. In me first, then through me. And many of us are, we've got it a bit jumbled. We're doing a lot of, I'm trying to do the stuff, God through me, God through me, but not so much in me. And we're depleted, we're tired, and we're empty. But I love the scripture this morning. It's like, I can bring up these things to you and you're like, ooh, some of you might be like, ee. I don't want you to feel ashamed. I don't. I want you to go, ooh, I hear that. And I want you to hear the invitation of Jesus to come back to him. The scripture this morning is so beautiful. All you who are weary and find life burdensome, come to me. That's what he's saying. That's the invitation. Even before I knew that that was a scripture today, I had written down the one from, have you heard of the message? It's not a Bible translation as much as it's an interpretation. It's like a paraphrasing in like modern language of some of the scriptures. And I love the one in the message. This is like the interpretive one of, come to me all you who are weary. It's Matthew 11. Are you tired? Worn out, burned out, come to me and get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. Oh, that sound good. That's better than the picture of the beach with the bottle of Corona to me. Like that, those pictures look good, but this, this sounds really good. Because a vacation's going to end. A day at the spa is going to end. Netflix show, going to end. Even if you love it, going to end. But Jesus doesn't end. He is the well that will not run dry. He's the living water that is overflowing, unending, unending, unending. So if you're feeling tired, worn out, burned out, it's time to come back to the living water. And if you feel that at the end of every day, every morning, it's time to come back to the living water. These events are awesome. I love events. I had my big conversion at an event. I host events. I put on events as part of my job. It's what I do in my ministry. But events need to be a place where you get refreshed, where you get refocused so that you can live it every single day. I love Kingdom Builders because it's an ongoing thing. You can go every month. You can build community of people that you can talk to on a regular basis that you can journey with and dive deep every day that you can call and say, I need prayers. Like, seriously, I'm redlining. You need this in your life. As much as you are to be that for another person, you need that too. So the invitation, my friends, today, as we're about to go into adoration, we are about to sit in front of the living water. It's not a symbol. It's not a story. It's not just pretty lights and beautiful moment. This is Jesus, the savior of the entire world, who is next door that we get to go spend time with. God, who breathes out stars, he just breathes out stars, is going to be just next door 
and we get to sit at his feet. Oh, does he want to do something amazing in you? He does. So I want to encourage you that as we go over to adoration and just spend time before Jesus, that you would come with your real heart, not the facade, the real heart, the one that might be worn out or questioning or wondering, or maybe you're super expectant. Like That's all I saw over Dr. Mary Healy. I was like, she's like Simeon, just so expectant about what God's going to do. And you feel like you're going to burst and you don't know what to do next. Like he's the one to ask, like, Lord, what do you want me to do with what you have burning in my heart? Like, I feel like I'm about to give birth to a baby. Not actually, don't, I'm not actually, but you might feel that way. And it's time to ask Jesus, Jesus, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to love you? How do you want me to love those who you've entrusted to me? And for some of you, I think next door, it needs to be a time of repentance, really. To just come before God and to say, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for doubting you. I'm sorry that I've made mistakes. I'm sorry that I've put my desire for control above you, that I've put love for my family above you, that I'm trying to do everything that's your job. I'm sorry. God, please forgive me and heal me. Heal my land. This is the last scripture I'm going to leave you with. Second Chronicles 7, 14. I truly believe that this is a prophetic word for this time. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. God wants to heal this land and he wants to heal our land. So let's just pray for one moment. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus We want to come back to you with all of our heart for all the ways that we have strayed. Lord, I just pray that your light would shine onto every area of darkness within our hearts so that this can be a place of repentance and conversion and return to you, Jesus. That the power of your restoration and your resurrection would come into the places that are broken and lost within us and that you would bring new life there. Lord, starting right now, as we enter into this special time to be in your presence, help us to open wide the door of our heart to you, to not be afraid to say yes with our whole being and to humbly submit to you and to your will so that you can do great and miraculous things in us and through us. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. If you would like more information about Kingdom Builders, or would like to know how to bring this apostolate to your parish, please go to our website at buildingthroughhim.com and click Build With Us. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.